prophecy releases, God waits for you to prophesy over your own life. You know, He does nothing without first revealing it to His servants, the prophets. So I prophesy and declare a new season of breakthroughs for you. Breakthrough. Whatever that breakthrough for you looks like, I declare a change in the direction of the tide. I declare the moving of God in response to your prayers, in response to your patience. I declare breakthroughs. Breakthroughs. I declare breakthroughs. I declare breakthroughs. Whatever that looks like. For some it's finances. For others it's other things. Whatever that breakthrough is. For some it's jobs. I'm declaring breakthrough. 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 It is time. Breakthrough. Breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Now if you believe that and receive it, start to respond in faith and say, Amen. I take it. I receive it. I take it. You're moving, oh God. You're moving. Father, we thank you for it. We'll hear testimonies of it from this morning onwards in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So in the last couple of weeks, it feels like a long time ago since I preached, but I was doing Revelations 5, the scroll in the hand of God, the one who sits on the throne, and the lamb was worthy to come and take it. And remember that was vision language. It was picture biblical language from a vision. And another way of saying that is like this. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old has gone, the new has come. Another way of saying it is, if you're not in Christ, then you're in the world. If you're in the world, you carry the nature of the world and of the devil. But if you're in Christ, you carry his nature. Is that okay? And so, previously, there was a record of your sins in books. But now that you're in Christ, He remembers them no more. But when you're in Christ, though you were spiritually dead and you experienced the first death, you experienced then the first resurrection by being made alive with Christ and being put in Him. Which means then you will never experience the second death because you've been resurrected. There's no need for the second resurrection. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the second resurrection is for those who died in Christ previously and who will be raised. But we have been raised up with Him, seated with Him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. In Jesus' name. Okay, is that easy? That's chapter (laughs) 5. Okay. I'm in Christ. I'm a new creation. I will never face judgment, negative judgment again. I'm not going to face any wrath, any judgment. No judgment seat of Christ. No great white throne of God for me. Because I stood in front of the cross, which was the judgment seat of Christ. And I passed from death to life when I accepted Jesus. Come on, that's easy, isn't it? But I want to just back away some of that intense doctrine. I got a very encouraging WhatsApp message from somebody. Thanks, brother. And it's not a criticism. He said, I love watching your messages, but I don't understand them. (laughs) He said, it's too deep for me. I went, I'm really trying, you know. Uh, But you need to be in this church to understand it, you know. So, But I do realize is that every time I need to back off from the intense, and I need to do practical theology. So every now and then I want to do a message Maybe I will put them together in a series just called Life Tones. 
How many of you know the tone of your life matters? Now, I want to prophesy to every single person a second time this morning. I could entitle this teaching, How to Get More of God. Now, how many of you don't want that? No, no. How many of you want that? Yes. Another way we could put it is how to get God more active in your life. It's another way we could say it. could say it, how to get God on your side. We could even say how to increase the favor of God in your life. So there's different ways I can put it. I just use those titles just for you to understand because I don't want you, when we come to the message, to write it off as maybe a little bit insignificant and a little bit childish. I'm extremely serious about this teaching this morning. Now, I want to prefix it by saying this, that often we think spiritual is, can you prophesy? Can you cast out demons? You know, can you see the Lord? Can you feel Him? We think spiritual are those things. That's not true. Somehow we pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we don't, with the same passion, pursue the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When last did you fast and pray and ask God, give me more patience, give me more kindness, give me more gentleness? When last did you get down on your face before God and say, Jesus, oh, help me. I don't want to keep a record of wrongs anymore. I want to be more forgiving. No, no, but we pray for the anointing. We pray for the power. We pray for... Now, I want to tell you, if we get these life tones in place, you know, you are attractive to God, but somehow you become more attractive. (laughs) I mean, you are completely attractive to God. He's completely in love with you, but there are certain things that prevent, that stall, that block, and simple little things, simple little things, just little life tone things. Is that okay? So I want to just reinforce that by getting you to cast your mind to the Corinthian church. In the Corinthian church, the apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, maybe around verse 11, maybe a bit earlier, I can't remember. But he said, writing to the Corinthian church, he said, you lack no spiritual gifts. Remember, he was writing to a church that had all the spiritual gifts. No, well, now you would think that was a spiritual church. I mean, they spoke in tongues. They were prophesying. So Paul had to do a long teaching. Thank God for them. Otherwise, we wouldn't know about the gifts of the Spirit. So he had to do a long teaching and say, right, let me tell you about a word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Let me tell you about discerning of spirits, the gift of faith, working of miracles, gifts of healing. Let me tell you about all of these great gifts, how they work. I just want to say this. The gift is by nature a gift. It is given. It has very little to actually do with how clever you are, how holy you are, how spiritual you are. Very little. It's given to you. It says more about the giver than you. That's why I'm against a lot of these false prophets, because they parade a gift of prophecy as if somehow it makes them the major one. And it was given to you. You can't wear it as a badge of woo-hoo-hoo. So Paul, writing to the Corinthian church, says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, from verses 1, and you can follow it down. But go around about verse 5 or 6, and he says, brothers, brethren. Now, I just want you to know it includes the sister in as well. He said, 
I could not address you as spiritual. Now, this is a church who has all the gifts. They're brimming with gifts. I mean, when you walked into one of their meetings, it was Shabaraba, Shadomon, you know, like one of those good charismatic churches. And you work it, which terrifies you, you know? And you work in there, everybody's Shabaraziba. Because, you know, they just thought, woo, the speaking in tongues things, man, you know, if you can speak in tongues. I've never learned this language, but I can speak it. I'm too hot to trot. And so Paul said, he said, whoa, 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 whoa. He said, I can't address you as spiritual. I can only address you as worldly, fleshly, mere babes in Christ. And he says, because there's jealousy, there's envying and quarreling, and there's division in the midst of you. He said, how, brothers, how can I address you as spiritual? So listen, church, I want you to know, spiritual is not the degree to which you can prophesy. That's a gift. Spiritual is how patient you are, how nice you are. And I want to say it again. I want to say it again. And listen, I'm a prophet, and I love the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I'm not demeaning them. I'm correcting something. We get so impressed with gifting, and we're least impressed by character. That's why they can walk away with hundreds of millions, because they impress people with their gift. And Jesus said, no, 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 check out the fruit then you'll know the tree. In other words, what Jesus was saying, be impressed with character. That's what Jesus was saying. So what makes us spiritual, brethren? What makes us spiritual? It's how nice you are. It doesn't matter how much of the Bible you know. I mean, you can know everything in the Bible, but if you can hardly greet anybody, hardly say hello, if you can't even be kind or nice, what does that make you? All that knowledge, what does it make you? Nothing. It just makes you a Christian egghead. But you're still a something else. Are you getting the message? And the thing is, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, if you had all the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you would be one really nice person. People would want to be with you. People would want to listen to you. People would receive from you. Your doctrine could all be a mess, and you haven't got it all together, and you don't understand the book of Revelations. You don't. But they sense the care and the sincerity and the love. You will win person after person after person. Spiritual, spiritual is the fruit, not the gift. However, by the same token, imagine if we had the perfection of both. Imagine if we're walking in holiness and grace and love and mercy, and then you're bringing in the power of God. I believe this is something that God is waiting for. Fruit is cultivated. And Jesus said, the Father is the gardener. Care more about the fruit. The gifts will come. I can guarantee you it will happen. But care more about this garden. Care more about this, this branch of the vine. Care more about this. If you're thinking you're not a nice person, you probably aren't. All of us in areas are not nice. But maybe that's why that mean person is in your life. Maybe that's why you have the boss you have. Maybe that's why you're married to the person you have. You deserve it. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Because God uses, listen, God uses people, He uses circumstances and situations, and He says, hey, listen, my son, my daughter, we need to do a little bit of cultivation here. Isn't it incredible that a tone of life, an attitude of life can prevent blessing, can prevent God? So this morning, I want to talk of a subject, and um, it's mentioned more than 100 times in the Bible, more than 70 times in the New Testament. The whole of the New Testament is saturated with this particular character attribute. It was something that the Apostle Paul was steeped in. The Apostle who was beaten, shipwrecked, misunderstood, stoned to death, thrown into the lions. But when you read his life, when you read his epistles to his churches, the gratitude that flowed out of his life was incredible. He was the same apostle that said in 1 Thessalonians, he said, pray without ceasing. And he also said, give thanks in all circumstances. And listen, if you think your circumstances are bad, read Paul's list of circumstances. None of us have gone through what he went through. And there are other people who've gone through worse than what Paul went through. But there's something about the attitude of gratitude, and I'm going to steer a little way, and I'm going to make it deeply personal this morning. Is that okay? Are you all ready for it? This morning's going to be pruning. Okay? We're going to do some pruning this morning. Because I prophesy that you start to implement and change this, you will start to experience some of the breakthroughs that we're sensing. Is that okay? It's going to be really simple, but at the same time, deeply profound. So Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. So we're going to talk a little bit about gratitude, but I'm going to make it fiercely, fiercely practical. The attitude of gratitude. Your attitude determines your altitude. (laughs) Okay? So the attitude of gratitude. And this morning, I want to just touch on how to say thank you. I'm not sorry, but if I would shed how to increase the power of God in your life, I would have got a louder amen. How to say thank you. I am really amazed in this church, in this church, people from this church who have given generously, magnanimously, to people in ministry have been put off by those ministers by their lack of appreciation. I've had reports in this church. One couple gave a man of God a big sum of money, and he never even said thank you. It happens. Never even said thank you. I think he doesn't even know how to say thank you. Now, that's an indictment on the body of Christ because you're standing up and you're preaching the Word of God, claiming to be a a teacher and a leader to help open the eyes of the blind and things like this, and there's not even a thank you. I've done similar things for men of God where from this church, huge amount of money, and I get a WhatsApp and it says, thank you. At least it was a thank you. But we need to know how to say thank you. There's a skill set that goes with thank you. 
Everybody say, thank you. Amen. See, it's not hard. Now do it with sincerity. Go, thank you. thank you. Now look at somebody next to you and say, thank you for being you. Say, thank you. Yeah. Look at someone else and say, thank you that you're in this church. Thank you so much. Look at the person next to you as your husband or wife and say, thank you for marrying me and choosing me as the one you want to spend your life with. Make sure you're married to them, you know. You know. How to say thank you? It's unbelievable that people can't say thank you. There's some people where thank you is just so difficult, so hard, because it's almost like it's too demeaning for them. It's like their pride gets in the way. It's like a lot of people can't say sorry. I was wrong, please forgive me. They'll buy you flowers, they'll give you money, they'll do anything except say, sorry. Everybody say it after me, I am sorry. You see how easy to say, please forgive me. Say, I was wrong. Everybody say, full stop. No buts. No justification. No nothing. I was wrong. I am sorry. Please forgive me. You know, it's very important that we choose our words right. Louie and I were talking a little bit about, you know, Winston Churchill is one of my heroes because of his command of the English language. Now, how many of you know you can say a thing and then you can say a thing? And uh, Winston Churchill knew how to say a thing. One day he called a member of parliament in the British parliament during the Second World War days a fool. You are a fool, sir. And the Speaker of the House, because there was an objection, stood up and said, Will the Honorable Member please apologize to the Honorable Member for calling him a fool? So he said, I called the Honorable Member a fool. It is true, and I am sorry. <laughs> so revelation is not revelation until it manifests in your life. You can tell me all the theory of God, but I want to see how much it's landed in here. So... Let's go to Luke chapter 17, verse 11. And it came to pass, this is Jesus, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And he entered into a certain village, and there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood far off because of the communicable disease. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Great prayer lives these guys had. Awesome, awesome faith. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass, as they went, as they left, as they were going, they were cleansed of leprosy. What a miracle, eh? Hey? I want more of that stuff. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. One out of ten. Are you all listening, church? One out of ten knew how to say thank you. One out of ten, ten percent, knew the attitude of gratitude. Ten percent. Come on, church. Listen to this. And he said, he started to glorify God with a loud voice. Now, there's two components of learning how to say thank you. One is to give glory to God and have an attitude of gratitude with God. But the one that I'm talking about today is how to be grateful to a person who has done something for you. That's the one I'm talking about. 
Because it's pretty easy for us to go, oh, God, I thank you, God, you're amazing. But look what happened. With a loud voice, he glorified God and then fell down on his face at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. And listen to what it says. And he was a Samaritan. So the one that was healed, the implication by this verse is the other nine were Jews. One was a Samaritan. Now, in the Jewish mind, the Samaritans were wicked and they were holy. So the nine holy ones didn't even bother to come back and say thank you. But the one wicked one had enough life tones in him. He had enough skill set, enough raised properly that he was able to go back and fall down his feet and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you that you came walking past. Thank you for your commitment to God. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Jesus. Some people are just not able to do that. We can thank God. But what about the person who's blessed you? What about that believer? What about the boss? What about a family member? What about the unsafe people in your life that have done things for you that have been a blessing? Can you go to them and appropriately say, thank you? Because you need to say more than, oh, gosh, well, uh, yeah, well, thank you. Eh? <laughs> I'm not very good with words. Well, learn. Learn how to get good with words. Because words are important. It's only words. But that's what you've got, and that's what you need to use. Is that okay? And so you need to learn how to use words. I would have loved if the Holy Spirit had inspired Luke to say, and this is how he thanked Jesus. Because we'd have an example. But you know, God assumed <laughs> that we'd have enough sense on how to appropriately say thank you. Okay, can we carry on? All right. So Jesus says, listen to this. He said, we're not ten cleansed. We're the other nine. Look what he says. He says, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Now, I'm going to throw something at you. It was his faith expressed in his ability to say thank you. It's very quiet now. If you're any quieter, I'm going to think that maybe you're starting to feel guilty. So please say something. I mean, <laughs> respond. But he said, go your way. Your faith has healed you. And how was that faith manifested in him coming saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I didn't deserve it, but thank you. So I've mentioned the Apostle Paul. There's a man and I don't have to give you his name, but he's got, it's not a ministry, but he, for want of a better word, he ministers very much in the American military. And he's a psychologist, but he's utilized to train the American soldiers to be more resilient in the face of conflict and suffering. And one of his highest secrets on the top of his agenda or of his training is he teaches these soldiers how to be grateful and how to say thank you because it develops in them a character of resilience. Mm. I've done some research. I've been preparing this message for months. I did some research on the science of gratitude. The science of gratitude. The science of gratitude because what 
thankfulness and being able to say thank you does for your character, your personality, and that it has it begins where your mind is and the occupation of your mind with those things found in Philippians 4, 8, whatever's noble, praiseworthy, think on these things. Because if you have a negative, if you have a, a victim mentality on life, if you work with me and God doesn't do it for me, and what, 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 first of all, your brain doesn't work properly. Secondly, you stink. Your attitude sucks. It's no wonder you don't get blessed. Come on, let's be honest. Because there's nothing attractive about a victim mentality. And life's so hard. If only you'd see my life. Hey, I've heard some of your lives. Some of your lives, are much. you've been through much tougher stuff than I've ever been through. Thank you, Jesus, that I haven't been through such bad stuff. I mean, there's some people that have been through horrid stuff. But they challenge me with their attitudes because they're much more bright and cheerful than what I am. And I'm so busy feeling sorry for myself because, you know. And they come and I hear about their lives and, and they're in love with Jesus. And I go like, Jesus, I'm a wimp. Forgive me. <laughs> Forgive me. I'm in Sunday school compared. It's, it's getting quieter. Maybe because I'm hitting the bullseye, but we're going to just continue a little bit. But the secret key, this particular person says, the secret key to the life, the happiness, the fulfillment and the resilience of Paul is traced back directly to his attitude of gratitude. That's how he made it as the apostle. So the science behind gratitude by Derek Carpenter, you can check that out. Simply saying thank you and appropriately saying thank you. Point number one, um, I've learned and I'm still learning how to say thank you. It used to be very humiliating for me. I would feel like a charity case when I was blessed with something because I was the one that was always used to giving. And then I started in the ministry. <laughs> and then I'd learn how to graciously receive. And God spoke to me one day and he said, before you can graciously give, you have to learn how to graciously receive. And he started teaching me on how to receive graciously in order that I could learn how to give graciously. Now, I want to just tell you, this church is amazing. This church is amazing. You are gracious givers. There's so many of you who bless me and bless me regularly. If I've ever omitted to say thank you, if I've ever omitted once, I ask you to forgive me. If ever I have, you felt like you did something for me or gave me something, and I omitted to say thank you, I'm truly sorry. I thank God for 10 rand that comes into my account. I thank God for everything everybody does in this church. I am deeply appreciative. I value what you do. Thank you so much from Bev and myself. We deeply, deeply appreciate it. We know the sacrifice with which some of you do things and the sacrifice that it is to many of you who give the way that you give. And it is not unnoticed. Every cent that comes into my bank account, I put my hand on it and I pray for you regularly. Regularly I pray for you. So thank you, and forgive me if I've ever omitted to say thank you. But with the demise of discipline in the home, you know, I'm seeing more and more how children don't know how to say thank you. Someone does something nice, and then you have to tell your children to say thank you. It should come naturally to them because of your example and your training. And then they must be taught how to look at the person and say, Thank you, Uncle so-and-so. Thank you, Auntie so-and-so. You know, thank you. They must be taught how to do that. 
Otherwise, it's going to be a hindrance in their spiritual walk. Come on, church. So, you know, a lot of times people say, no, you know, they do things and say, no, you don't have to say thank you. No, we have to say thank you. Is that okay? If people do something for you and say, no, 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 you don't have to say thank you. Just don't thank me. Thank the Lord. No, there's the example. Luke 17, I need to give glory to God and I need to say thank you to you. Is that all right? Because you're the person who listened. You're the person who sacrificed. You're the person who went out. Maybe somebody else wasn't listening, but you did. So I need to say thank you to you. <laughs> Is that okay? So just be quiet and stop being falsely humble. Let me say thank you because it's good for me. <laughs> and maybe it's good for you to hear my vulnerability in being able to say thank you. So number one, it needs to be expressed with appropriate words. So you've got to use appropriate words. Use appropriate words. Okay? It doesn't mean that you become, you know, groveling and whatever, but with sincerity and in truth to be able to express your gratitude. Gratitude is not gratitude until it is expressed. And until it is expressed with words at least, it's not gratitude. You don't stand there and go, I just want you to feel how grateful I am. I, I can feel nothing. I'll feel it when you say something. You need to explain why you are grateful. There are people in this church. This is a generous church. This is an amazing church. There are people in this church that have blessed me and I so incredibly, so indescribably. I mean, it's absolutely changed our lives. And I want you to know they regularly hear from me. Not because I have to be eternally grateful in their eyes, because that sucks. But because... That thing is continuing to be such a blessing that every now and then I'll WhatsApp or every now and then I'll phone and say, are you really feeling blessed today? Because I just got in this car of mine and it, it's such an awesome car. I just love this car. And it was you guys. So if you feel blessed, it's because I just spoke blessing over you again. So it needs to be expressed. And you need to explain why you are so grateful. What has your action? What has your deed? What has your gift? What has your giving? What is your patience? What has your understanding? What has it meant to me? The impact of your life. This is what it means to me. You need to use words. So sit down and think and develop your skill set in how to say thank you and practice articulating because you're going to get some homework today. Is that okay? And practice articulating how to appropriately say thank you. I've had to say thank you to Bear for a lot of stuff. <laughs> for sticking with me and going through all the pain of ministry and all of that kind of thing. So I, I have to regularly say to her because it's a gift that keeps on and just going, thank you for believing in me. All those years and years where we're slogging it out and there just seemed to be no fruit and we were ridiculed and spoken down of and stuff like this. But you stood with me and you believed in me. Yeah. And so we got to describe why you are thankful. For this reason, I am saying thank you. This church is going to be such a good thank you church. Yeah. Woo. So listen to what the Apostle Paul says. The churches in Macedonia get together. They become aware of the need in Jerusalem because the mother church in Jerusalem went through a terrible time of famine and persecution and, and there was just no money. So the Gentile Christians, you know the unholy ones, <laughs> they get together and they take an offering. And the Apostle Paul describes it like this. Out of their extreme poverty, 
and their rich generosity, they gave this gift to be taken by the hands of the apostles to the church in Jerusalem. And listen to what Paul says. Now, he's writing to the Corinthians. So imagine what he said to the Macedonian Christians when he said, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. So he was able to explain his gratitude. This is why I'm saying thank you. Because you were under pressure, and your extreme poverty wound up in rich generosity. I have not seen generosity like this, where you will alleviate the pressure on the saints to your own detriment. What an indescribable, the King James says, unspeakable gift. I can't articulate it. The power of words. Listen, it's necessary for you. Don't, when people do things for you, and don't let them fob you off and say, you don't have to say thank you. I'm telling you, according to the Word of God, you have to say thank you. So use those words. Okay. So use appropriate words, but then you also need to express it appropriately. Okay. You need to express it appropriately. You need to express it. Is that okay? It's not necessarily the size or the amount. Very often it's about what it means to you. And if you know the person, the degree of energy they've expended or the depth of cost to them personally, you need to express it appropriately, without groveling but with sincerity and without hinting for more. I thought I would just throw that in. I thought I'd just mention that, you know. Um, I wanted to be practical because... You know, especially if it's a gift of money and it doesn't cover your whole need. And I mean, I've heard them do it. Go, oh, thank you. I was really trusting God for 10000 and you gave me 5000 oh, Well, um, thank you. In other words, um, are you sure God didn't tell you 10000 Because. <laughs> and so, you know, it's so easy then to manipulate to thank you. Instead of saying, thank you for the money, thank you for the blessing, thank you for what you've done. Listen, God is very clever. If it's not the whole amount, guess what? He's going to use somebody else. He only told them that much. So you appreciate them for that much. You thank them for that gift. And then sometimes, listen to me, listen to me very carefully. Sometimes your response in the first amount is a test. Before, before God releases the next. So it needs to be number three. In certain cases, in certain cases, and I think you've grown up enough to know, express repeatedly if necessary. Now I want to qualify that again. If people are giving with the motivation for you to be eternally grateful, that whenever you see them, you have to, just then you just say it once or twice, and then they will have to be happy with the once or twice. But there's not many people that are doing that. But the, what's necessary for you is if the gift is of such a nature that it continues to be a major blessing in your life. Because sometimes what people do for you breaks you through into another realm. It puts you in a different place. Now, I've, I've told you the story, you know, when I started to really exercise my faith for cars and a better, a better car. 
I used to drive past there where Grundfos is on the highway, and um, it was when the XC90 Volvo first came out, and I used to drive up, and I saw this, and the first day I saw it, I wanted that car. Not that one on there, but, but one like that. And I started going past, and I'm saying, thank you, Jesus, you're going to give me a car like it. Thank you, Jesus. And one day, Bev was in the car with me, and I said, thank you, Jesus, you're going to give me one of those cars. She said, how do you know? I said, I just know he's going to give me the car. She says, you won't be disappointed if you won't get one. You know, she just wanted me to not fall. She wasn't being unbelieving or anything. Bev's a woman of faith. So I said, no, 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 but I'm going to get it, you know. And, uh, of course, you know, my absolute amazement one day when a, a couple just took us out to coffee and then just slid something across the table, took the hand off, and the moment I looked at the key and I saw Volvo, I knew it was an XC90. And I was like beside myself, you know. And that gift broke me through in faith to another level. So I repeatedly tell the story, and I repeatedly say thank you because it put me in a completely different place. Completely different place of faith. It was like, yeah, you don't understand, you know. It's bigger than the Volvo XC90. It's bigger than the car. You don't know what you've done for me. You've ignited my faith to believe God for cars. So appropriately expressed with words, and then if necessarily repeated. Is that good? And then we need to express it with humility. Express humbly. Humble words. I get dismayed when I watch Christians, and they're unable to say thank you because there's this pride thing in them. There's a pride that they can't go. And listen, I understand that. You know, and especially for men, and especially for South African men. You know, we're taught, put big boy's pants on. (laughs) You know, put your cowboy boots on. Lift up your stiff upper lip. Cowboys don't cry. You know, and we're the ones that are the providers, and we were this. And then when it comes to the place where I don't take anything from anybody, and no, no, no person has ever helped me in this life, shame, shame, you've missed out on a lot, shame. Because it would have been so much easier if you just had a better attitude and somebody helped you. Because God did put you in a community, and He did put you in a family, and He did put you in a church. Come on, that's a stinking attitude. You know, I'm a self made man. Oh, shame, you've missed out on a lot. Enjoy yourself, self, self. (laughs) But we need to express it with humility and not to be too proud to be humbly grateful. I really just want to say thank you. Is that good? Learn the grace of a correct attitude. Okay, now I'm going to say something, and I want to eradicate it from this church. It's under this heading. Expressing with humility. Are you all ready? So I want to eradicate it out of this church because I caught myself one day doing it and God knows how many times I've asked him to forgive me for it. And if I've done it to you, I ask you to forgive me. When somebody does something for you, when someone blesses you, especially sacrificially, well, in, any, in every occasion, monetary-wise or whatever, and it blessed you, it alleviated, it did whatever. I just want you to know that it's very important for you to say thank you to that person because that's the person that God used. Now, here comes the next bit. Don't then, like when you apologize, self-justify, don't then start to tell the story how spiritual you are and how you were believing God and how you were praying and then suddenly turn that whole thing and make it about your spirituality. Yeah. 
I'm going to repeat that. I'm going to repeat that. You suddenly turn around and go, oh, no, I was just, you know, I knew God was going to do it. And, and you know, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I've been praying, and I was confessing just this morning. And then suddenly you turn this thing around, and, you know, if you feel the need to say that, do it appropriately. But don't suddenly make that person feel like they were an object of use for your great faith. I realized how it stinks before God, and please forgive me if I've ever done it, because yes, I am praying, yes, I am believing, but the gift that you give says more about you and your hearing God and your willingness to take a step of faith and step out and give it to me than it says about my faith or my great prayer life. It says more about you. You're the one that heard from God. That makes you more spiritual than me. I was pleading with God. Oh, Jesus, I'm in trouble. Help, help. But there was this awesome person or couple or family or whatever that went like, hey, I need to give this to Pastor John and Bev. It says more about you, your willingness. You're taking a risk and saying, well, let's bless you, trusting on the principle of sowing and reaping. It says more about you. That was a good place to say. So let's take a deep breath. And now say, Lord, forgive me for every time I clothed someone's generosity in my own spirituality, false spirituality. Forgive me, Lord. I will not do it again. Amen. You can say an appropriate word and say, thank you so much. You have no idea how needed this was. I mean, discerning people like you know that you prayed. I've only ever had it once. And it was a guy who was in my life for a long, long time ago, and he's suddenly come back into my life. And, um, you know, God's grown me up, and God's done a thing with him, and there's a good relationship being restored. And um, I love power tools. If you want me happy, put me in a shop full of power tools. Just say, fess tool. And then I, get, I feel the anointing. <laughs> I love tools. I love tools. I've been blessed <laughs> with tools. I've sewed so many tools. I've been blessed with tools. I love tools. And there was a particular sander that I wanted. And uh, one day we were just talking about this particular sander. And then I was saying, that's the sand I want. And then I'm going to redo the bench outside for Christmas and re-varnish it because then we all sit around it as a family and, you know, it's been weather-beaten. And the other guy pitches up with a sales rep from Festool. And he says, this is the machine that you wanted to try out. So the guy's demoing it. I'm, I'm truly impressed with this machine. I'm like, wowza, this is nice. So I'm already making plans. And I'm going to tell every family member, don't buy me undies. Don't buy me handkerchiefs for Christmas, got plenty, they got holes in, but I'm going to use them, okay? And uh, I will forego this year. And my socks, some of them are threadbare, don't buy me socks. Whatever money you are going to spend, give it to mom, and she'll buy me the sander. We'll put together the sander. And whatever's lacking, I'll put in. So anyway, demo it, and you know, we demoed it so well, we've, we sanded down the whole table. Woo-woo! <laughs> On their account. It was like, wow, I still had the benches, you know, I was like, yeah, I want a sand. I said, babe, that's, that's what I want for Christmas. A couple of hours later, I'm sitting on the veranda, 
and I'm swinging on the swing bench. It's almost dark, and I was saying, Jesus, you know, I really want that sander. And then they had deet, deet at the gate, and I'm looking, who is this? Who is this at the gate? And it's almost dark, and he has this person. And um, so I open the gate, drives in, says, I'm not staying, I'm not staying, but you know, I've been out of your life for a few years, so here we are, this is to make up all the Christmas and birthdays I miss, and it gives me the sander, and I'm going like, What? No ways. He said, you did pray for it, didn't you? I said, I was sitting there praying for it, and then you arrived. He said, that's all I wanted to know. Bless you, cheers, went. But I've said thank you about six times, because I've done the benches, I've done everything, you know. It's been dusted off, ready to go under the Christmas tree. Second hand, but it's okay. Are you with me, church? Did I make the point? Don't make it about your spirituality. Keep it about that person and their gift. And then you need to learn how to express personally. Everybody say express personally. Nearly finished, nearly finished. Personally or personably. So it's going to be expressed or expressed personally. Yeah, this is training, eh? I want to tell you this is training for reigning. Personally. Be relaxed. Be communicative. Choose your words. It's a skill set that you will develop. Look at the person. Don't be so self-conscious and, you know, so falsely humble. It's like, like what I said. Look at the person and say, wow, this is just such an amazing gift. Look at the person. Look at them. Make eye contact with them. Look at them. Okay, you wanted practical, you got practical. This is not the book of Revelation. But this is a revelation meaning. Look at them. Be personal. Make eye contact. Choose your words, have the right, correct posture and attitude, and say, this is just the most amazing gift. Thank you so much. Say it with gentle tenderness. Say it with sincerity. Say it in truth. Really believe it, you know, what you're saying. But thank you so much for your kindness. You know, when that person has taken the time out to hear from God and to do something for you, to stand with you, to endeavor to understand you, to give something to you financially or materially, it says something about that person's love for you or commitment to you. It says something about that person. Big. It says something big. It speaks volumes. And you need to communicate the fact that you appreciate the fact that they are now being themselves vulnerable, that they are sacrificially making themselves available or giving you time or they've given you this thing and that they've been discerning enough to know that you've needed it and have chosen the correct time in giving it. Because I don't know if you've ever experienced it. When anybody gives to you or blesses you, it's always on time. Is that okay? So there's sensitivity to the time of God. And those are the things that you need to articulate and to thank them for. So you need to be able to express it. So you need to have you know, enough maturity to look them in the face and speak it clearly and articulate, this is what I'm thanking you for. This is amazing. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. From the bottom, I appreciate it. And then I think we're coming down to the end. You can be creative. I think it's always a good thing. Be creative. Get a card, flowers. Do something depending on the size of the gift. Do something, if necessary, that goes along with it. 
Let them know your appreciation. Thank you so much. If somebody is continuously doing something for you, that's something that you need to do regularly. You know, if your wife's taking care of the home and she's doing this and doing this, you know, just every now and then do something for her. And just say, it's just to say thank you, you know, that you're always there and you create the home beautiful and you do this. Thank you for standing by me. Thank you for believing in me. I mean, what would you do if she didn't? You know, there's an ongoing thing that needs regular, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for still being nice to me when I was such a poopo. <laughs> Fortunately, our live stream viewers overseas don't understand that. <laughs> it means I was such a pumpkin. Last thing, pass it on. I don't think I don't think there's ever a time when we've not been blessed, and especially blessed big, that Bev and I immediately don't do something generous for somebody else. We immediately begin to say, who needs to be blessed? Every single time, we will do it. Who needs to be blessed? Who needs to be blessed? Many times, the priestly offering, I just take it and pass it on. Many times, the gifts, the offerings that come into our account, you know, many times, one of the first things I do, say, right, who needs help? Who can we bless? And then to sow out of that. Many times. If people bring groceries to the house, we immediately take off a portion of groceries and then go and give it to somebody else. Pass on the kindness. Do something for Be generous to someone else. You know, someone's being generous to you. Be generous to someone else. Come on, this is really important for your character. Is that okay? Pass it on. The results of thankfulness, results of how to say thank you properly. Number one, it glorifies God. Isaiah chapter 8. God says this to the people of Israel. I'm listening to you, and I'm listening carefully. I want to hear if you're able to say the right things. So God is listening to our speech, and he was particularly talking about repentance. Can you come and say, God, we are sorry. We have sinned. We have erred. Please forgive us. God said, I'm listening. I'm listening. Birds know how to change their direction depending on migration. If an animal falls, he knows how to stand up. But my people, you do not know how to use the correct words appropriately in the situation that you're in. You can't even say, I'm sorry, God, please forgive me. We've been idolaters. We've run away from you. But God, we and he was just saying, I just want to hear that. Yeah. And everything would have changed. Yes. Glorifies God. Second, it brings his favor. You want more favor of God? Learn how to say thank you nicely. It opens the hearts of God towards you, but it also opens the hearts of other people towards you. I don't know if you've ever given someone anything, and it was like, oh, oh great, thank you. In your heart, you kind of feel, well, that's the last time. Nooit weer nie. I'm not doing that again. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if your children go, oh, thanks, mom, oh, thanks, dad, it's like you're looking for something else to give to them. Well, don't you think God feels the same way about us? God, thank you. You're just amazing, God. You just, and it's always on time. It always feels late to me, but it's always on time. You know, it's like, God, this should have been three months sooner, but thank you, thank you, thank you. It opens the heart of the father to his children. And what it does for your growth is phenomenal. Listen, there's, Everything in us that's pride, God resists. James chapter 4. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Come on, church. God resists 
the proud. God himself is against the proud. I would not want God against me. But to the humble, he gives grace. And if we will learn the grace of saying thank you, God will just keep giving us more grace, more grace. I think for some people that your breakthrough is on the other side of gratitude. To glorify God and to thank persons in your life. Combats pride and independence. Develops the grace of learning how to receive. And in the process, you'll become a better giver. Amen. 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 Was that enough? Yeah. Did you get something? Yeah. How many? <laughs> God's word is so deep and it's so rich. God's word is amazing. It's just, I mean, all this is in the word. Can you believe it? Yes. So, Father, we just want to thank you. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe, maybe God is as I was speaking, just highlighted. Maybe there's somebody you need to go and say, if I ever have taken you for granted, if I've never appropriately articulated my appreciation, if I've never said thank you properly, I just want you to be patient with me and I want you to give me the opportunity today because it's very important for you to hear and it's important for me so God can be glorified. I just want to say thank you I just want to say thank you to you for and then you say thank you maybe all of that is good and it's in place but we can never thank God enough you know <laughs> so thanks to God and give gratitude to God and then to specific people who've done so much for you maybe you need to do that I just feel it's connected to that that breakthrough thing breakthrough thing breakthrough thing. Now, Holy Spirit, would you work that grace in us? Would you work that grace, that aspect of humility that helps us to be appreciative and grateful, thankful? There's no other subject in the Bible that receives more attention than that. Paul tells us we should be overflowing with gratitude, with thanksgiving, overflowing. Work this grace in us, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you.